welcome to the Project Management Debate Podcast. This is Mary Elizabeth Diab. And this is Philip Diab. Each week, we explore a question related to project management, organizational strategy, or leadership. Today, we'll explore a topic that deals with the softer side of project management, power. Speaking truth to power has become a business catchphrase that seems to lose value as it gains popularity. However, someone has to deliver uncomfortable truths to organizational management. In today's business world, as in the past, there's a tendency to shoot the messenger without ever having heard the message. If a management team has made incomplete or inaccurate assumptions that may lead to massive project failure, it is incumbent upon the project manager to ensure that they have heard the errors of their way. We don't expect, however, that younger, newer project managers are already skilled at delivering bad news to executive management. It just isn't realistic. But if the project manager isn't speaking truth to power, who will? The downside to failing to deliver these messages could lead to the project failing. Putting your job on the line is likely too much to ask because when we stick our necks out to deliver difficult messages, we often find little public support, even as we receive countless private attaboys. Glad you did that. But the bottom line is that stakeholder management and customer engagement, particularly with the executive sponsor, is a key duty of the project manager, no matter how you slice it. That sounds reasonable, or does it? You decide as we debate, speaking truth to power is a skill that every project manager should master. We'll start with Mary Elizabeth arguing for the motion, followed by me arguing against it. We've all heard people wax lyrical about speaking truth to power. It's listed as a critical skill, especially for project managers, but why is that? Is it really something every project manager needs to know how to do? In considering the idea of speaking truth to power or taking a stand and delivering a sometimes uncomfortable home truth, I wanted to to look a little bit more deeply at where this phrase originated. A quick search refers to the 1955 book, Speak Truth to Power, a Quaker search for an alternative to violence, and was related to the group's desire for avoiding the tension of the Cold War. But a little bit more probing shows that it actually may have originated as a phrase coined by a civil rights leader in the 1940s who was working with the authors of the book. Either way, its origin is kind of compelling. Groups that had little actual power were seeking ways to get their message heard and accepted. On our projects, we can sometimes feel like we're shouting into the wind with few listening and even fewer hearing what we actually have to say. But does that matter? Projects, by their very nature, create change. Change, by its very nature, creates tension and resistance. However, in this setting, it's vital to be able to deliver sometimes uncomfortable news to our project sponsors and corporate leaders. Among the messages we are often tasked to bring are the timelines for the project that were established by upper management with no input from the project team or simply not realistic. Another example would be highlighting an issue that's beginning to impact project delivery and ensuring an understanding that further delays may impact the ability to deliver on time. In addition, often project managers are called upon to set management's expectations about their role on the project. They may need to be reminded that the entire management team needs to work together to ensure project success. They may need to be alerted to the conflicting priorities inside the organization, the presence of too many projects, splitting focus and resources in ways that will impede success. They also, during the project, may need to be reminded that they must support the project team if they hope for a successful outcome. Clearly, these types of conversations fall within the purview of the project manager. So you may be wondering, what's the downside? Well, upper management, like all of us, is often quite comfortable with the status quo. If one of those project project sponsors' colleagues get their nose out of joint, it could derail the entire project. Also, those who speak truth to power often fear that they'll be viewed as troublemakers or they don't play well with others. And finally, if the message is unpalatable enough, they may fear for their jobs. 
Even in organizations that claim to, to love and value straight talk, speaking aloud about subjects that we rather ignore can bring on these tense situations. But as the project manager, it is your role to make sure that management hears the message and, whenever possible, is actually listening. That seems easier said than done, but there are a few keys to successfully speaking truth to power. First, the project manager should be prepared to clearly and simply articulate the need for change. They need to either develop or enlist a trusted voice to deliver the message. It's important that you think like upper management, what issues are keeping them awake at night, and how can talking about this difficult subject make their lives easier in the long run? Remember, their issues are your issues and their stress is your stress. The project manager should be prepared to lay a roadmap for how the change can be implemented on the project and should paint a clear picture of the vision of the future that will enable success. And finally, and arguably most importantly, the project manager needs to know when to shut up. In speaking truth to power, it's sometimes better to live to fight another day than win this particular battle. So project managers must assess whether the particular truth is vital enough to lose a job or derail a project. If not, after having the tough conversation, it may be time to let it sit. Often we find that executives may hear the message and after taking time to process, we see the message come back as a brand new idea authored above our heads. And that's a win for everyone. So every project manager really must know how to speak truth to power in order to have a chance at project success. It almost seems difficult to argue against conventional wisdom that says that everyone should aspire to speak truth to power. After all, doing so is in the best interest of the organizations we serve, the leaders we work with, and the projects we manage. However, in my experience, there are several practical challenges that stand in the face of many in the project management profession that frankly would prevent them from exercising this duty. Let me start by stating that speaking truth to power, in my opinion, is not a privilege that you are granted as a project manager. It's actually a right that you earn as a leader because you have proven capabilities and you have a successful track record. My argument against this motion today is perhaps a bit nuanced because it's difficult to reject it completely. I will highlight some critical elements that I take issue with to explain why I'm arguing against this motion. First, the motion talks about every project manager you know, having to master this skill set. I think the word every is too broad and serves a generic purpose rather than a specific good and solid purpose. Frankly, not every project manager will be given the opportunity to speak truth to power. Being able to speak truth to power implies an ability to stand before the powers to speak whatever you wish to do so. There are many project managers I know who may not have the, been given the opportunity to access decision makers and are at you know, potentially a lower level in the organization than being able to access the this most senior level in the organizations. The second aspect is the fact that, you know, truth to power is a, in the context of today's corporation, frankly, is unwelcome. Even when the project manager works within an organization that is based in a country that has a vibrant democracy, it is often disappointing to me at least to see that the organization itself is run like a dictatorship. Perhaps this is due to ineffectual leadership, but the bottom line is that a significant number of project managers work in organizations that are run like dictators, are run by people who effectively are dictators, and speaking truth to power has significant ramifications to their careers and their livelihoods. The cost-benefit 
uh, you know, factor of doing so, in many instances, this does not justify the act, in my mind. This may be a bit unfair, but let's face it, most projects do not uh, justify the act. This may be a bit different if you're talking about a scenario where there is actually a life and death uh, case uh, that's hanging in the balance. Certainly some do, but the vast majority don't. Third, I mentioned before that I'm of the opinion that speaking truth to power is not really a skill. However, in my experience, even individuals who may have earned the right to speak often lack the skills to do so in an eloquent and effective manner. The issue of ego is often inserted into the mix and couple that with the challenge that most issues often present themselves as choices to be made based on subjective input. Ultimately, the result is chaos. So if you consider that the challenge of different teams dealing with ego um, and, you know, who are standing before powers that be in the organization oftentimes lack clarity and even objective evidence, then the issue of truth becomes less clear, especially if the executives have their own opinion on the matter. In this argument, I'm not talking about, you know, a safety breach in an organization where obviously people's lives are at stake and everybody needs to rally behind fixing this issue. I'm thinking of less clear situations. For example, which market should we enter or what product should we launch or how do we compete with our competitors? These are strategic discussions and it's not really about truth or untruth. It's about strategic choices. I want to conclude with a final thought. Speaking truth to power does not equate with doing the right thing or even being honest at all times. Sometimes we tend to confuse all three together. However, they are not. While we are expected and should do the right thing always and do so honestly, speaking truth, truth to power is a totally different notion. Now we'll transition to the open discussion part of the debate with questions and answers. So Philip, what is speaking truth to power? Is it the same as speaking bluntly? Is there a good way or a bad way of speaking truth to power? Well, to, to me, when we're talking about speaking truth to power, it specifically relates to the fact that you're actually engaging with someone, you know, probably here in the project context, an executive that is above you in the organization who has more power than you do, and you are actually delivering something in, in some instances that may have an uncomfortable message that, that you're giving. So you're basically delivering either a message that's not popular or that is, you know, bad news or negative news. So, so to me, that's kind of what this thing is all about. And sometimes actually it's delivering a message, not just that it's un unpopular, but it actually goes against every other person in the room or perhaps conventional wisdom or, you know, what the, um, leader you know wants to hear and so in this particular instance um you know coming to your question about whether is it is it the same as speaking bluntly i i don't think so i think you can be quite eloquent you don't have to be confrontational and abrasive about it um, but at the end of the day you have to deliver a message that may not want to be heard and that's really the fundamental challenge and there is a good way of doing it and there is a bad way and, you know, one thing that I, as I'm kind of thinking about this, there's also a good time and a bad time. And, and you have to kind of pick the right time to, to deliver such a message, especially one that may not necessarily have a huge element of urgency to it, as it were. I totally agree. I also think that um, speaking bluntly is often not the best approach. When you're having a difficult or an uncomfortable conversation, just sticking it out there, 
often makes it worse because it makes it harder for the receiver to hear the message clearly. They get caught up in the difficult part of whatever it is you're talking about. Um, so I, I agree with you on that one for sure. Well, let's look at the project manager or, or the leader for that matter. Um, when do you think that the project manager is expected to speak truth to power? Well, I think that it's important for project managers um, in, in their role, they are working with the executives, in particular the project sponsor. And so when there is a situation on the project or in the organization that is negatively impacting the organization's ability to be successful in implementing the project, but also perhaps beyond the project, maybe they're taking on too many projects, maybe upper management is simply not supporting the project and they're not able to get anything done. Maybe upper management is fighting with itself over who is going to give resources or isn't going to give resources. In all these ways, the project manager has to be the one who's going to bring this up. That's their role. That's absolutely what they're there for, is to make sure that any of these roadblocks are taken out of the way so that the project can be successful. So I think that in those cases, it is absolutely vital for a project manager to speak truth to power. Having said that, I also think that a project manager who is savvy knows when he's spoken truth to power and when it's time to shut up. Well, I would take that a step further and say that one of the things that you have to do as a project manager is to pick your battles. And there might be a hundred, if not a thousand ways um, or, or situations where there are, there's an opportunity to speak truth to power, but not every instance warrants that you know that type of engagement you have to kind of figure out what are the the critical times when you do need to uh, to, to address it otherwise you end up you know for the entirety of the project fighting everybody who has a different opinion than yours especially when you think that uh, your opinion is is correct oh yeah absolutely well do you think there are conditions that need to be put in place to speak truth to power successfully i think so i mean when i think about the totality of it there are a few elements that I want to highlight that, that are relevant. I think that the first component of, uh, you know, what makes it a, a good condition to, to speak truth to power is access. In other words, if you as a project manager don't have access to the powers that be, then who are you going to speak to? So that, that is a primary component. And, I, and this may sound like it's an obvious one, but frankly, too many project managers don't have access to the halls of power to even make a difference. So their message is often unheard in, in, in the powers uh, or in the, in the arena of power to make a difference. The second element is credibility. And by credibility, I mean you have to have a, uh, you have to be seen as credible when you are delivering that message. And if you are an individual who has been with the organization for a long time, who has established a success track record and it's known, then that message will be received very differently if you are an unknown quantity that nobody's heard of you and you're just brand new to the organization, and certainly the executives don't know who you are. The third component is around trust, and that kind of goes hand in hand with credibility. If you don't have relationships of trust with the powers that be, with those individuals who could potentially make a difference, then you know I think that it's a moot point to, to be able to kind of speak truth to power. So I think that that kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, the, the fourth component is logic. You've got to be able to kind of present a logical argument that basically explains 
why your point of view or that quote-unquote truth that you're speaking is actually something that is of relevance that should cause a course correction to the organization and should force the leader to actually reconsider their position to potentially adjust whatever it is that they've, they've adjusted. And last but not least, evidence. You've got to show proof that your point of view is not just an opinion. And, and that's where I think most of us kind of get into trouble because I think it becomes an issue of ego. Most situations, I would argue, are not ones that are kind of a um, life or death scenario when it comes to, you know, a vast majority of the projects that we're managing. You know, sure, if you are, uh, you know, leading the next launch of the space shuttle to Jupiter and there are people, people's lives in the balance, then yes, that's a very different scenario than, uh, you know, the, the typical kind of, um, average project that most of us are engaged in. And I don't mean to kind of undermine the the experiences that we have, but I think that we have to be savvy enough to kind of understand the difference between those. I would agree to that. And I actually think there are two other, other points I'd like to make. One of them is that, especially if you lack credibility or trust, maybe you're new to the organization, maybe you're not as well known, or you haven't worked as widely with specific um, specific people in the, in the halls of power, as you said, it may be your best bet to deliver the message through someone else. So never forget that even if I don't have credibility, there may be somebody on my project team who's been around longer, who has better access, even though organizationally they, they are not higher in the organization than me. So um, don't forget that you may need to deliver that message through someone else. And the last one that I think you kind of missed a little bit here is, often one of the things that will make you successful in delivering your message is showing the vision of the future, letting them see what happens if you do implement this change that I'm suggesting is necessary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, why is speaking truth to power in the interest of the organization or the project? Well, I think if we're using this accurately and at, at the right times, as you've kind of suggested, then we are helping the organization avoid huge missteps serious problems that could derail the project, but also could potentially cause the downfall of the organization or in more serious cases could involve loss of life. So this is not something that's taken lightly. This is not something that needs to be done every week on every project and every time any issue comes up. Um, This is something where something is there, everybody knows it's there, but no one is acknowledging it and it really needs to be kind of brought home a little bit more. So I think that for the organization, and for the project, if we are willing to have those difficult and maybe uncomfortable conversations, we are more likely then to air out issues and get resolution that will cause the project to run smoothly and the company to be more successful. You know, one of the things that as you're talking about this, and, and I think you bring up some valid points, um, the, the primary challenge that we have is that we're only looking at this from one aspect, which is basically delivering the negative news or basically speaking truth to power, as we say. However, I think that with most leaders that I've been engaged with, um, the ability or willingness, frankly, for, for them to listen is tremendously impacted by not just how you deliver the message, but the alternatives that you present. So if you think about, for example, the issue of the project sponsor who is constantly talking about, we have to finish this project in three months, and you as the project manager are sitting with the team and you're looking at it and you're saying, there is no way, it's gonna take 12 months. And the project sponsor is insisting, no, we've got to finish it in three months. If, if you take a stand and you just simply 
continually argue that it's not going to happen, and here's the evidence, I think that that doesn't take it far enough. That what you need to actually explain is, here are the options that we have that would actually enable us to look successful in front of the organization. So by being able to provide the alternatives, I think that you are positioning everybody for success, basically. I think that's absolutely accurate. No question about it. Do you think that it's wise for the project manager to speak truth to power if the act is detrimental to his or her career? That's a tough one. I mean, I think that obviously the, the, the easy answer is, um, you know, you have to speak truth no, no matter what, but I think that that can, can somewhat be naive. I think you have to weigh the, uh, the issue. If the issue is one that has a significant impact, that, that has real uh, negative consequence on people, then absolutely, I think that it doesn't really, it doesn't even warrant a, a thought. So if we're talking about, you know, kind of ethical type of uh, type of issues, but, you know, in my experience, we're talking about the vast majority of issues that are less clear, they're kind of gray. And, and for this one, I would kind of go back to what I said earlier, you have to pick your battles, you have to decide, is this something that is worth jeopardizing my career? Over and in many in many cases you might reach the conclusion that it's not. I definitely agree with that. What does speaking truth to power only apply when you're talking to the CEO or the executive, or does it apply at other levels? I think that truly it, it applies at most levels of the organization. There's always someone who's in a position of power over you, pretty much. Um, and how many people that is just kind of depends on your place in the organization. But I think that using these skills that you've gained and learning how to deliver uncomfortable home truths, if you will, um, is absolutely applicable at different levels in different situations, depending on what the need of the organization, the project is at that time. Yeah, I tend to kind of agree with that as well. Do you think that the concept differs from one country to another? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that it, not only that, but it even differs from one region to another. Um, it, like if you take the U.S., for example, the, the corporate culture in the Midwest is very different than the South or, or the Northeast or, or the West or Northwest. And, and so each, each has a different way uh, in terms of presenting itself as far as kind of uh, team members interacting with each other and, and people kind of uh, interacting with one another as well. I mean, think about the fact that um, you know, in, in some cultures, you are expected to address executives in the organization in a different way than in a casual way, you know, like you know, referring to them with the, you know, Mr. So-and-so as opposed to Bob or John. And, and I think that the, the, uh, the, the interaction between, um, you, you know, individuals who are in leadership positions and, and senior executive positions and individuals who are not are often kind of governed by, uh, by these type of kind of structures when it comes to uh, regional or, or, or sub-regional kind of um, uh, you know, dynamics. I definitely agree. I also think that there are places where the culture, the prevalent, prevailing culture of the, the area doesn't even actually allow it. It doesn't really put you in a position where you can effectively speak truth to power. And in some cases, you just have to live with that or you have to decide, is this worth giving up this job because I know that it is a life and death situation and I can't be responsible. So I think that that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, you know, this actually reminds me of uh, an airline. Uh, it's one of the Asian airlines. I can't remember if it's actually, it might be Korean uh, airlines 
where they, they have uh, a story about that. And it's in one of Malcolm Gladwell's books that talks about um, the safety record being kind of horrendous at one point. And the airline did a study and they discovered that, um, you know, the ability of the first officer to talk to the captain in a certain way, uh, you know, prevented them from actually highlighting um, challenges, especially when it comes to safety. And what they discovered is that they had to kind of deal with that on a cultural basis and kind of overcome it. So I think that the organization has a role to play in, in basically kind of addressing um, the, the interactions between leaders and individuals at the lower level as it were. Absolutely, I totally agree. With that. Well, what about industries? We talked about it a little bit, but what do you think that there's a difference, for example, in um, uh, the interaction related to, to this topic from, say, financial services to construction or oil and gas and so forth? Absolutely. I think that different industries have different levels of precision. They have different ideas of power. They have different uh, different structures, and they have different cultures. As we said, you know, about the culture in a region, there are also cultures within an industry. The financial services industry often tends to be a little bit more formal than some of the less formal ones. Um, and the size of company can also impact this. So I think that, you know, yes, industry definitely can um, can impact the structure of power. It can impact the way that people interact together and um, the authority that they have. I think all of those are impacted by industry. Yeah, I tend to agree as well. Well, do you think that someone can develop the skill or is this something you kind of either can do or you can't do? Kind of like you're an introvert, not an extrovert. Well, I'll go back to my opening statement. I actually don't think that this is a skill. It's probably um, something that's influenced by other skills that you develop, but it's to me, it's about the right that you that you earn based on what you've done, based on the experiences that you that you have. It's not a specific skill by itself. That's very funny. I think it's absolutely a skill, <laughs> and I, what I think is the skill here is knowing number one, how do I deliver this very uncomfortable message in a way that the user can hear it, and number two, how do I know when I've done my best and it's time to move on back. And I think those two right there are what makes this a skill that everyone doesn't have. Not everyone can do this successfully. Many people can rail at the wind, but not very many people can gently talk the wind into calming to a breeze and then actually changing direction. Well, well I again disagree with, with you. I think you do have a valid point on the, on the fact that, you know, what happens after you've delivered your message and everybody chose to kind of ignore you? which I think is, is very valid. You, you know, you've got to kind of move on and, um, and deal with the ramifications, as it were. Indeed. Um, isn't speaking truth to power the responsibility of the executives? In other words, ultimately, isn't it the job of the executives to make sure that they build mechanisms that enables others to come to them and empowers staff uh, to, to engage them? Well, I think that, number one, I think, remember that you should have this this idea of speaking truth to power at all levels. So, in fact, people in power should be speaking truth to other people in power when necessary. Uh, but having said that, I do think that in organizations where they value this, it should be something that they are building. It should be something that they've set in place, some structures for how to do it. Um, and But the reality is that we are all people and it is always hard to hear some of these things that we have to hear in these situations. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. I mean, I, I think there's two components to this. One is the organization needs to build 
the um, mechanisms to allow for dissenting opinion to come to the executives. Otherwise, frankly, the organizations will find themselves in a very tough position. But I think that you as a professional have to decide, you know, is it even in the face of odds that don't necessarily favor you or mechanisms that don't exist, do you want to highlight an issue and, and bring a message that is unpopular? And at the end of the day, the executive doesn't have control over you as a leader because that's your action or inaction that kind of dictates it. I can totally see that. So now we'll shift to the closing statement, starting with Philip speaking against the motion, followed by me speaking for it. In my opening remarks, I spoke about the issue of ego as related to the notion of speaking truth to power. There is a risk that those of us who have been engaged in the daily grind of project management activities and leading teams can sometimes fall into. We assume that because we know the project better than most, that our point of view is the only valid point of view. This trap, once we fall into it, can lead us to an inaccurate conclusion. And namely, that there is only one solution to project problems that may be causing derailment, delays, or over-budget performance. However, the reality is if we are able to, though we may not often be able to, but if we're able to set aside our own ego and listen to others, we find that the situations are not just only black and white, but oftentimes are gray. Speaking truth to power implies access to the only truth. And as a matter of ego, I would argue that sometimes we should set aside that notion that we are the only ones with access to the truth. It's actually far better to engage in dialogue, even with executives, to determine an outcome that is acceptable to all. To that end, collaboration and joint problem solving are far better as a skill set for the project manager to develop and learn over this concept of speaking truth to power, especially when most organizations are not a do or die type of scenario for the organization. Speaking truth to power has become one of those catchphrases that means less the more it's said. You know what I mean, when people throw around terms like thinking outside the box, even though it's clear that they've never even seen the top of the box they're so deep inside, or when they talk about staying inside their swim lanes, even as they wander aimlessly all around the pool, making you wonder if they've ever even swum before. But in the project management world, speaking truth to power is a valuable, necessary skill. The project manager's role in the organization focuses heavily on setting expectations, both of internal and external clients, but perhaps most importantly of upper management within the project manager's own organization. This is a tough task which can lead to unpopular decisions and very uncomfortable conversations. However, focusing on the value and its outcome can help the project manager successfully navigate these choppy waters. And if the job is left undone, the project and company may suffer. Speaking truth to power is a key project management skill, which is demanded of every solid project manager. Thanks again for listening, and we encourage you to take part in the debate online by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash PM debate. Send us a message if you have an idea for a good debate. Thanks.